0: Hello and welcome to Draw, Loser Draw, a once again weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me today for our big 2023-24 season preview, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? How's your summer been? Uh, it's been no bad,
1: quiet one. Yeah, never got away anywhere on holiday that. Still, of course, mourning the loss. But this is the last time we're going to mention it, hopefully, of Dingwall. But I am um, looking forward
0: to discussing the future, uh, and what this, the next season has in store for us. Also here, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, has your summer been of you Have you got a club yet? No, I've not been picked up since getting released off race, but yeah, my summer's been not bad.
2: Yeah, still, still hard from Dingwall, which I do to think about. it.
0: We'll make these the last Dingwall mentions of this episode, but if you, if you really want to go back, we did a really good season review episode. Go and listen to that about Dingwall. Uh, rounding off our panel today, David Forrest.
3: David, are you well? Yes, I'm very well. Um, I want to say I'm excited for the, the new season, but frankly, I'm fucking exhausted from the last one and can't really be bothered with it. But, you know, when Peterhead rolls around, it'll be it'll, it'll be all right.
0: I'm sure it will be. As we record, we're just five days away from making the trip up to Peterhead for competitive football. We'll go on to talk about that game a little later. We're going to start by having a look at some of the, the transfer ins and outs. We'll talk about the departures first. So Darren Brownlee, Cammie Smith, Danny Mullen, they were all released. Kevin Holt, Ross Daugherty, Scott Tiffany and Kyle Turner have all chose to depart the club. Rhys, how sad are we about those departures? How expected were those departures and who do you think will miss the most out of them? Well, the departures are are what they are, aren't they? So the, the ones that all left, uh, sorry,
1: got released, so to speak. Wasn't really overly surprised by any of them. One I thought might have stayed would have been Darren Brownlee, but that's purely just as a backup centre-half, and to be fair, he's probably one of the highest earners at the club when, when we did sign him, and he was still on the same contract, so probably the right decision to to let Brownlee leave. I wouldn't have been against having him on a new contract, but I can definitely see why we've, we've not taken him up on another year. But the, the guys that we offered contracts to, I imagine, obviously, it never came out that we offered Tiffany a contract, but I think it's pretty obvious that we did, and, and he'd sorted himself early. Um, then the ones that did come out, with we, we Turner, Doc and Holt, three huge losses and I actually heard like obviously with the financial sort of bother we were in at least at the, the very beginning of the season our budget was pretty small but obviously the the work that our supporters done and brought in 2,000 season tickets um, we could have went and offered them better wages but it was already too late they'd already decided to go elsewhere so it's a bit disappointing when you think of the calibre of the players there but you almost can't kind of begrudge in the moves because they were brilliant for us and it's, it's just a shame. For, for me personally, I think it's a bit of a hard one to take, the place, the clubs that they've went to. Obviously, Dundee United's a big club that they're in the same league as us. It's a bit more security for them. Tiff going to Dundee, anybody going to Dundee, I just hate that. It's such a, I feel like it's always a, I know I know he's obviously moving up a league, but it's a sideward step. And Turner, fair enough, see Turner, like, going playing play in the Prem, but it's, it's just a kick in the teeth the fact that it's Ross County as well. But we just need to move on, and you, you can't dwell on the past. They've left us for now, and to be honest, I don't really care what they do now. They're all going to be huge, huge misses. But, hey, there's, there's new guys in waiting to to take this pace.
0: Jamie, what, what is your take on the departures so far this summer? Well, I say so far. I think Chris Dillon said that's going to be it in terms of departures. So, what's your take on the departures this summer?
2: Yeah, similar to what we said, they're all big losses. Every single one of them was a huge part of our team over the last couple of years and especially in the playoff campaign you know it's difficult when you lose players of those quality to replace them with similar or better we're never going to get better in than that I don't think and replacing them with similar quality is very difficult they're all just such big losses but I've kind of been resigned to losing basically every single one of them anyway the only one I held out a little bit of hope for keeping was Ross Docherty but I mean they've been talked for a while if he was going to come on if I was going to end up materializing and the fact that him and Hope we playing against us next season five times potentially if they play that League Cup game and that's a bit grim. Going to be seeing them up against us. We'll come back to our hill in different colours. It's not going to be great, but suppose it is as, as what it is. Turning them to County like reset said, that's, that's a bit of a kick in the teeth because <laughs> well we said we were mentioning it again just for certain reasons. Uh, yeah, Hope was meant to be moving to Cyprus, or that's that had been the talk. So it's a shame to see him in the same league as us. In, Right, T- Tiff was away and at least he's moved up the league summer to Turner so it's not as bad but nah, it's a, it's a big, they're all a big loss and the ones who got released I was not expecting any of them to stay I thought maybe Danny Mullen would have stayed but that was about it I pretty much expected Darren Bradley to leave as well
0: Yeah I think Cammy Smith leaving was probably the, the surest thing of the summer I think Brownley sort of found a bit of form towards the end of the season so he might have hung about as a, as a backup choice, but I think he was on, on good money because when he signed his deal that just expired, he was the, the first-choice centre. But in terms of the players who chose to leave, I think Kevin Holt was a blow because we were expecting him to, to go to Cyprus, which wouldn't have hurt too much, but to face him at least five times this season in a one-year deal at Dundee United is a bit disappointing. We spoke about Ross Doherty and the points per game he won. He was top of our points per game chart last season. He was our most important player in terms of winning points, so he'll be a big miss. Tiffany can produce that moment of magic We've still got that in the squad I think So hopefully Lawless and Fitzpatrick Can sort of step up to the plate And provide what Tiffany Has provided for two and a half years And, And Turner again He was electric in the playoffs But David it's not been all bad Jamie Sneddon and Aaron Muirhead Have signed contract extensions To stay into next season and we've signed Waziri Williams and Scott Robinson. Who are you most excited to see in competitive action? And what deals do you think are, are the most impressive that we've completed so far this summer?
3: I think in terms of deals, the most impressive one for me has got to be Um, S- um I think we've been saying Sneddon's away in the summer for about the last three seasons now. And it doesn't seem to be that we give him much of a reason to stick about, but he still continues to stick about. I'm really happy that we kept Sneddon. I really like Sneddon as a keeper. I prefer him to Mitchell because I feel that he would just have a sideways move to a Morton or an Nair or something like that. So I'm glad that we were able to keep a hold of him. In terms of the signings that came in with Siri Williams, I mean, he's just got all the makings of a cult hero. I feel that already the the fan base have really warmed him. He was down at Greaves on Friday Chatting away with everybody, and yeah, and even you know from the reports of him, um, Kelly and stuff like that, it, it's it's exactly the sort of player that you love to see, and it'll be good to see him at Tannadice. I'm hoping that he can kind of pull something out there. I think that will be it'll be good to line it up against, you know, Doc and Holt but um, yeah, Rasidi Williams is the one I'm looking forward to getting up to speed with, and I think he he'll be big for us.
0: Jamie, do you want to come in on the the arrivals?
3: Well it was more just to do with talking about what
2: the best bit of business in the summer is and I think it's not actually a new arrival it's the extension of Fitzy's contract by three years I think that's probably the best bit of business we've done in summer. Fitzpatrick was absolutely fantastic in the playoffs it's been well documented how he was probably our best player during the playoffs and so definitely arguably one of them scored a lot of important goals his goal involvement was fantastic during the running and it's a player with a lot of potential and he's been looking good in the friendly so far as well and you know, he already had a year left so to add an extra three on top means he's got four years in his deal now it's just I mean, that's a fantastic bit of business and it's a great bit of loyalty shown by him so i'm buzzing with that and i think that's probably our best bit of business in my opinion
0: reese you're a huge fitzpatrick fan do you agree <laughs> <laughs> aye it's, a, it's good it's a good bit
1: of, it's a good bit of security
0: for him like to be
1: fair he probably deserved the contract alone based off the playoffs run and also, it's good security for the club. Like as Dylan kept addressing during the summer, you need to secure your best assets. You don't want teams to come in and just take them willy nilly. And and so often that's happened to to Thistle. Um, so it's good to get him tied down for a bit longer. Obviously, there teams sniffing around um, already the summer there, where a year on his contract remaining. So to to get three more years, it's, it's brilliant. But I like, it's like, so already been said, uh, the two signings we've made so far with Ciri Williams he's looked brilliant in the friendlies he looks really vocal he looks solid and I mean he's only just turned 23 himself so there's there's definitely levels of his game to go and I was saying to the guys a wee while ago when we first signed with Siri Williams like you look at the players that you get the sort of profiler of players that you normally get from, from England they probably started off at a Premier League club um, and they've like we need disrespect in the leagues, and then they're playing non-league now. Whereas with Sealywell, he was kind of going the opposite direction. He was it was non-league when he was like 18, and he was playing that well in in the national league or whatever he was that he got a move to Swansea. So he's kind of still on an upward trajectory in his career, and there's no shame. No getting a game for Swansea, obviously a big club, uh, an English Championship. Obviously got a move to Dundalk. Called that shot basically. Called that uh, loan prematurely. Come to us. So I I'm I'm looking forward to him. There's a, a lot of potential with him. As for Scott Robinson. Obviously he'd on the block now, we're linked to him last summer as well. Um, and from what I've seen from him in the Kelty game, like if, if he finds the pockets of spaces and it he, he looks like he's going to link up well with with Lawless, um, which also means that we will link up well with McMillan, that old Livingston connection. So if they can if it can be it like the way that Lawless and um, McMillan already are, then we're on to a winner with him. So yeah. Um I'm I'm sure there's still still work to be done. But so far so good.
0: I'll put you on the spot here, Reese, if you could compare Scott Robinson to any Thistle player in the past, what do you think the best comparison is? Uh, I wish I'd seen this question because I feel like I could I could actually produce
1: a past piece of answer. But
0: um, right, I'll go I'll go to Jamie with the next one I have. I think. Uh, back, Jamie, are you saying? Right, Jamie. David mentioned how impressive the the bad business to get Jamie Snedden. Signed up for next season. You and I had a a heated and alcohol fueled conversation on the drawers or draw night out uh, a month or two ago about goalkeepers. Do you think the the contract for Jamie Sneddon could provide a route back into the team for him? Who are you expecting to to be the number one at the start of the season?
2: Don't remember that conversation, Matt. And uh, I don't know. It's it's difficult because I've always been on Twitter and stuff, an advocate of Jamie Sneddon. I've always liked him. and uh, and the thing we were chatting about at the pub, I don't know, I, I was just trying to enjoy playing Devil's Advocate and saying, oh, but you know, talking about Mitchell's attributes, so I don't think Mitchell's a bad goalkeeper, I know you've never been a huge supporter of him, Matt, but I think he's got qualities, but he does obviously his weaknesses and it's similar to Sneddon. It's going to be interesting to see who Dylan starts, because when he first came in, he was playing Sneden, but I think it was Sneddon that to get, was it injections in his knee or something like that, and he fell out of the team and then Mitchell came in. And, said the penalty kept a clean sheet and then never really looked back since and apart from I'd say the Queen's Park first leg I think he was fairly solid for most games he played after he came into the team and you couldn't really drop him in the run and it became too disruptive but obviously now it's a clean slate it's a new season both goalkeepers have played a half each and the friendly so far and yeah it's, it's tough to call but I actually wouldn't mind seeing Ned being reinstated for the start of the league I think he does kind of deserve it especially since once again he signed a contract extension and He's the younger goalkeeper. He's been here a bit longer, and I probably quite like to see him going in. But if it was Mitchell, I wouldn't be like up in arms about it. Or Rhys, do you want
0: to come back in
1: there? Right. So uh, I've got an answer. Just know whether it's a good answer, I'm not too sure. But I'm thinking. I was trying to think along the guys. I don't see Scott Robinson being a forward, to be honest with you, or a striker, so to speak. Like, I know, like when we signed him, he was getting announced as a striker, which I think. Is a, is a lot of a rubbish to be honest with you I think he's more of like a, an advanced midfielder um, and he'll come in for like Turner's role almost um, maybe a wee bit further forward but he it, it reminds me of like a Ryan Edwards not in the way that Ryan Edwards was positionally but like sort of making those late runs to the box in the way that he's like a, a Duracell bunny I think Scott Robinson will run for days as long as we can keep him fit He's a workhorse. Now, I'm not expecting Robinson to come in and score 10 goals or anything like that, or 10 assists. I just think he'll work his socks off for the team, and you need guys like that. So, I I think Ryan Edwards might be a decent comparison.
0: David, the new kits, always a highlight of of the off-season. Do we like them, the, the new home and away kit released by O'Neill's in the last few weeks? Are you a fan?
3: I'm a big fan of the home kit. I really, really like it's a bit it's harkening back a bit because it's red yellow and black Whereas as usual we're red and yellow these days and to have such to have so much black in it was a nice surprise it it's one of those ones where you see it at first and you're kind of like oh all right okay uh, but as you see it I think it's one of those it's one of those shirts that when you see them playing in competitive games you'll you, you'll start to to love it even more I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the Home goalie kit as well, the pink one. The Away kit with the pink and grey, um, I didn't really like the original pink and grey one because I thought that the colours just didn't really work with each other. I think this is a far better attempt at it than the first one. It's still not my favourite, but I think it, it works better on the eye and with the sponsor. The fact that the sponsor is in black as opposed to being I think it was it's normally blue is absolutely fantastic. I mean you only need to look at, at Queen's Park this season. Um their sponsors in blue and in the front of their black and white top and that absolutely ruins it. But yeah, I really yeah, I do really like the kits. I think in general, I mean we went to the Greaves event on Friday. Absolutely it's you know, it's harder than buying Taylor Swift tickets trying to get that home kit at the moment. And just seeing so many people out and wearing the kit and all the all the players and all that was great. But no, O'Neill's are just absolutely batting at one hundreds with their kits at the moment Um, ever since they came back.
0: Yeah, I, like, I really like the the home kit, actually. The only thing I don't like about the home kit is the big green Specsavers logo on the shorts. I think that's a bit of a shame because uh, we've gone for such a bold colour scheme with the, all the black and, and the red and yellow and the, the green sort of takes away from that a little bit. I like the home goalie kit as well. Jamie, I think it was you that said in the chat the training top we released, it was all black with just the red and yellow trim. I think I would have preferred that as the away kit. Uh, Jamie, I know you're a, a kit connoisseur as well. What, what are your opinions on, on the two kits that and the goalie kits that O'Neill's have released for us so far?
2: Yeah the home top I, I think it's great, it's one of my favourite ones that we've released in recent years, I think it's very very neat, I do quite like the inclusion of more black, I always like if the home top has some black in it, I think when it doesn't it's lacking like the 1921 which didn't have any, I wasn't a big fan of that so yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, the away top if we were going to redo a pink number, I'd rather have it been the camel one, but I still like it nonetheless. I do think it's a solid away top. It's quite nice. It's something a bit different to what we've had in recent years as well. But like you brought on, Matt, that black training top with the red and yellow trim to it, I think it's so nice. And I think, in my opinion, it's nicer than the actual away top. So I'd probably rather that been the away top, but I'm not complaining too much because I think the pink and grey one is still nice. And I like the tie dye away top. I know it's probably one that maybe some people don't like, but I think it's quite a neat one and something a bit different as well. The grey goalkeeper's kit. I'm not massive on it. I think the badge I think it looks a bit weird, the massive badge on it and the colour scheme. It's okay. I'm not I don't hate it or anything, but I am not mad about it either. But um apparently we're releasing a third kit as well. So that'll be interesting
0: to see. Reese, I'll come to you for a final word on on the kits and then you can kick us off with your your thoughts on the two friendly wins we've had over Celtic Hearts and St Johnson and who impressed in those two games? I will just have
1: a a quick wee word on the kit. So in terms of the inclusion of black, I've been I've been asking for that for years. I think like it makes the the official kit pop, so to speak. It makes the red and yellow like stand out. Um, and I think there's often times where where we neglect the. The Black on our kits, so I'm glad to see that incorporated a bit more. The only thing that I'm, I don't really like is the black stripe on the actual front of the jersey. I'm, I'm happy with it on the sleeves, but I don't know if I'm too keen on it on the front. What I would prefer though, I don't mind it if it was symmetrical. I think I'm, I'm not really sure of like the sets of three on the, the the sets of three stripes on the kit, if you know what I mean. As well, I don't really like the new SPFL font, but that's nothing to do with this one, that's just a, an SPFL thing. but I, and they'll make it as, as nice as well. well. In terms of the the friendly games, um, Kettle, yeah, it was, it was just one of the main ones. You can tell it's the first game in, in a wee while. we uh, wee we of ring rust on the players, but it's there was plenty of chances and we could have actually been a few more up. Brian Graham missed a couple of sitters, which is par for the course. Um, but it's all right, because you know that he will score one and he makes up for it. So, um, and it's always good to see a, a few of the young boys get in some minutes. I know we've been sort of, well, not we, but like some of us have been like wanting to see Salutori get uh, Salutori get a, a couple of minutes. Um, he's might be a really good prospect for us, so it was nice to see him get on the park and then ended up breaking his hand. So I don't know if we'll be seeing him for a while. But I the a couple of the trialists. Um, obviously, I thought Josh Kerr done really, but done really well. I was surprised by him, be honest, because I'd, I'd seen him before at Airdrie and. You know, never set the world alight, but he's obviously got something about him to get that move from Celtic to Brighton at a young age and, and you can see it. It's it's the way that he sort of he carries the ball, at his feet and his his range of passing, he's a talker. So he's got a lot of good attributes and he's still at a decent age. Um and oh, East as well. So like he's one that I probably would have been pretty happy with if we just came out and announced it was signed him. I think it's a bit of the Bit of a, like in Fitzpatrick last year where he was playing as a trialist because we were trying to sort out compensation. We couldn't south. I think it's the exact same thing that's happening with Eunice. Um The centre mid uh, Morgan Griffiths. I'm not having him at all. So um, and obviously Harrison, he got a couple of goals. He doesn't look the finished product, but he's only just turned twenty. So as for the St Johnston game, pretty much the same. Just good to get minutes in the legs, and of course it's always good with two wins out of two. So the the Dylan
0: Jagger, not, as they say, keeps on rolling. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh David, I'll come to you for our first listener question of the season. Mr. Candid has got in touch on Twitter and asked, Do you reckon we will see any youth players get a chance for more regular first team football this season? So what's your answer to that and, and what youth players have impressed you in the friendlies?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a matter of necessity. I think we always kind of assumed that was going to be the case because, I mean, to be honest, you don't really have the funds to be going out and replenishing the squad back to the sort of levels it was before. I think if you are a James Lyon or, you know, for example, that this is your season where you get your chance. I mean, James Lyon had a great goal on Saturday against St. Johnson. Xander McKenzie... I, I've, I really liked him at the end of the season last year and I thought from you know, from what I've seen of him on Saturday I liked him as well definitely I think the likes of Stanway and that are going to be coming through they're going to get it's a perfect opportunity for someone like that of a team that kind of you know you're not going to be right down the pecking order because we don't have you know the squad depth that like we did last season if you're as good as you believe you are you can absolutely break into the team and I think for someone like Stanway or McKenzie or um, even a James Lyon, who, you know, he, he was really hyped up by McCall a lot, went to Stenney, scored that, screamer of a goal, and then was not seen since, I can't even remember where he was last season alone, but he's, he, I'd forgotten that he was with us, but he's got a chance now where he can get minutes, I mean, Peter and Saturday, you know, Spartans, those sort of games are games where you'd expect, and if you're a James Lyon or a Stanway or something like that, where you, you can make an impact and yeah I think you will see quite a few youth players getting a chance and it isn't just out of necessity but not in a sort of you know we've got two guys on the bench sort of way it's more just a case of they're going to have to pull their weight a bit more than in previous years under McCall
0: Jamie I'll come to you on this one as well just in terms of the the youth players and where else do you think we need to strengthen obviously I don't think the budget is going to be as big next season we're obviously not privy to with a few questions about the budget We we're, we're not like familiar with the ins and outs of the budget, but I don't think it's going to be as, as big and accommodating as it was last season. But where do you still think we need to strengthen and where do you think the youth players, the younger players will sort of come into, in terms of bolstering the squad for Crystal? I think it does depend on
2: whether we offer certain trialists a deal or not. But um, I think we need another winger, whether that's Harrison Lee or not, I guess we'll find out. We do need another centre back, that could be Kerr or East. We need another defensive midfielder to replace the void that Doctey has left behind and I know that Kerr was playing as a defensive midfielder in the first half against Johnson so I don't know if Dylan's maybe seeing him in that role I'm not sure I think we still need cover at full back because we, we don't have that right now and I mean, we need another striker as well that would be the I know it's quite a lot of players but realistically we can't be going in with a paper-thin squad because we've done that before and had injury crises and to Shuhorn plays out positions and uh, it's just not—it's not ideal when that happens. So I'd say we need at least those positions. When it comes to the young players, I think Xander McKenzie is going to hopefully be continuing to be involved. Obviously, he was pushing his way into the team last season and got quite a few substitute appearances and even got an assist away to cope. Well, you know, he always looked part when he came on. Uh, I think James Lyon will be in and around the first team. I think this contract's kind of his chance to really prove that he does belong in the team because it's not really kicked on the way maybe McCall had spoken about him potentially doing so but he's been looking good in pre-season I think he's been very impressive I wasn't at the Kelsey game but I was at St Johnson one and I thought he was one of the best players in the park alongside Fitzpatrick I know Jai Stevenson's also been getting a lot of praise as well I thought he was good but I think it might be a wee bit too soon for him and I could maybe see us loaning him out, getting a bit of experience and Ben Stanway's another obviously I had that loan spell of Airdrie I think he was in that team a little bit but he could be one we could be maybe seeing at least being part of the squad and being on the bench in most matches, I think.
0: Rhys, we'll take a look at the first couple of League Cup fixtures then. Between now and the, the next time we'll speak, we're going to make trips to Peterhead and Dundee United. Jamie spoke there about a, a couple of the young I'm quite keen to see who Christian starts in midfield because we've spoken for a couple of years now about the centre of our midfield being so strong with Doherty, Banig and Turner. Two of those have now left Stuart Bannigan remains. I think it's gonna be a big season for him. I'm gonna ask you, who do you think will will line up in the midfield with Stuart Bannigan? Uh, would we go to Peter Head and Tanadice?
1: Well that, that is a that is a good question. Um unless we sign someone this week who's gonna be like a guaranteed starter, then you're gonna probably be looking at one of one of the James Lyons or the Ben Stanways or even Xander McKenzie to come in and start alongside them. Um and I think if he's fit, I think Scott Robinson will probably play. And like if we're if we're playing a three in midfield, I think Scott Robinson would play um, sort of slightly more advanced than Bannigan and whoever else starts. To be honest, if I, I could see it being Ben Stanway. Um, just in terms of like the the profile of the players, because James Lyons really nice on the ball. Dan McKenzie's a bit more of a attacking threat, whereas Ben Stanway, like like the the two games, like I tell you what, hang that boy's no shy tackle. Oh, I remember the game against Keltie, it came on. And within about a minute, like the ref gave him like a stern turn off because he was like right up, like it was just fouling. And I don't know it's just that friendly, so the ref's never going to do it. But like I, I actually don't mind seeing that, a bit of aggression from a young boy. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it weren't Ben Stanway. Um, and obviously he's he's played senior football last season and and a decent every team, so he can obviously play against Peterhead. So that that would probably be my midfield free if we don't go and sign um, a midfielder in the in the coming days.
0: David, I'll come to you in a minute because I want to hear what you've got planned for this weekend. But Jamie, just on the team again, do you agree? Do you expect Stanway to start with Bannigan in the midfield, and how do you expect the rest of the team to shape up if we expect Dylan to to sort of maintain the the four-two-three-one shape he used for for most of his his running last season?
2: Yeah, I could see it being Stanway, and I think if we have signed Kerr by then, I think he'll be him just because Dylan was testing him as a defensive midfielder and. Maybe our game against Peterhead would be the time to test him out again, get a bit more on how he does in that position. But yeah, uh, I think that again, I, I don't know I keep saying this, bang, it depends what trialists are signed or not. Because it would be Peterhead, I wouldn't be shocked if nee had signed by then if he actually maybe started that game. would Be a decent game to try and get some minutes in the legs for him against like lower league opposition. I think you'll go with Sneddon and goals. I know it's kind of fifty-fifty guess right now, but I think you might do what. Usually, it has been done in previous seasons when each goalkeeper gets two games each in the group stages. I think we'll just see the back line of Melon. McMillan, if he's fit, I know he's apparently carrying a bit of a knock right now. Sander McKenzie's been playing a bit of right back in the friendly, so I wouldn't even be shocked if he ended up there if McMillan and was still injured. Back to Muirhead and Williams as the centre halves, then Bannigan, possibly Stanway or Kerr in the middle with Robinson sitting in front, and then either Knee or Lawless, Fitzpatrick and Graham, is probably what I'm saying. I mean, it might start out. I don't know. It's kind of hard to call in these games, because sometimes they're treated almost like preseason friendlies, and the squads rotate quite a lot.
0: Yeah, and I know the squad's still a bit thin, when you look down at the bench, but I think when, if you said to everyone, oh, after the Russ County game, these players are believing, everyone would have been panicking, but I think for that to be a potential start in eleven going into the first League Cup game of the season's, a half decent position to be in David I'll come to you now because I know you've got a big weekend planned up and and Peterhead you're the the travel man of this podcast um tell us your plans where's good to go in Peterhead for first trip up there for a lot of thistle fans?
3: um yes we're going up on the the Friday um we went to Peterhead last season part of my disputed 42 and uh, we went for the night away and um we stayed in a hotel that's like ran by an interior designer and they made every room like a concept room so we stayed in the Parisium room last time and stuff like that it's quite mad it's like changing rooms but um cheaper and uh yeah it's uh so we're going up there Um i would give a big recommendation to the dolphin cafe which is by the uh by the coast and um, next to the harbour a uh, sensational fish and chips there i mean it's peterhead they have a they have a goddamn fish in their badge right it's, it's the, the home of fish um oh that and our bro um, definitely, say Dolphin Cafe is a great place to go. There's a there's a social club in the stadium as well. I quite like the social club, and then we went there too, so it's quite good. But yeah, Dolphin Cafe is the main event, and then us getting beat to a be heads on this Saturday. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: The big question then, David, the Dolphin Cafe versus the Bell Rock, who who wins that fight?
3: Um, I think I would say the Bell Rock. I think Linda would say the Dolphin Cafe, but we all know it really is Anstruther. But uh, on on a a one v one, I would say the Bell Rock. But I think Linda would say the Dolphin Cafe. I,
0: I'm a Bell Rock, a Bell Rock loyal, but um, I've never been to the Dolphin Cafe, so I'll I'll come in and make the deciding call next week if you want. Uh, I'll I'll try out the Dolphin Cafe this weekend. Um, I'm gonna ask for score predictions for the Head game. Now the two people that ask me on a regular basis or can you update the, the prediction the prediction table how are they going because they play along at home i have got a predictions graphic this season for the the eight regular uh, draw loser or draw panelists to to put the predictions on every week we'll keep track we'll have a league table every week on twitter and on instagram I, I a good chance to plug and uh, we're now on instagram uh, fellow kids so make sure you're following us on that uh, i'll come around you all now for peter head score predictions research start with you Um, Well, at the risk of getting slaughtered
1: by by Andy McCarthy, um, I'm going to go go big to start the
2: season off. I'm going to say 5-0 Fussell, not having Peterhead. Crikey. Jamie? I'm going to say 3-0 Fussell. I think it'll be a relatively straightforward win. I wouldn't be shocked to one of those games that Peterhead missed, like a set or near the start of it, but then after that we kind of calmed down a wee bit after a shaky 10 minutes and get a simple win after that. That's what I'm saying.
0: I'm going to go two 0 Thistle. I think sometimes the early games. I think back to the the couple of times we've played Sten- more than a couple uh, of occurrences we've played It's never emphatic, uh, so I'm just going to go two 0 for the the first game. David, what about you? Are you? you I assume you're going to go big.
3: Well, you see, I was thinking exactly the same lines as you, eh, Matt, um, of. I mean, we we're always not that great in the first game back. You know, squad's looking a little bit thin, still need to get more signings in. I'll go 3 1. That seems like the most day one League Cup score that we ever have. 3 1. We'll go 1 0 down and then come back and win 3 1. The Peterhead team got relegated with a goal difference of about a minus
0: 168. They can't keep wins at a close.
3: They'll definitely go 1 0 up against us. <laughs>
0: Uh, Jamie I'll come to you first to talk about the Dundee United game we're obviously going to face a, a few familiar faces what are you expecting from that one because maybe from, from the outside it looked like two of the, the sort of promotion candidates going head-to-head early on in the season what what are you expecting from that game?
2: I quite often feel that the league cup group stages don't tell the story for the season we've seen players and teams do it badly in them and then Go and have a different season. I think was it? Akanyemi didn't score a single goal in that. and They end up as the league's top scorer. And we've seen teams like bomb out the league cup group stages and go on and win their league or have a great season or whatever. So I wouldn't read into it too much, but I've got a feeling that the Dundee United game will be like our Kamaric game of last season. And it will go to penalties,
0: and we'll win it on penalties. Uh, so your prediction then? We'll, we'll start our prediction from you, Jimmy, for that.
2: Um, two each in normal time goes to penalties.
0: We won two each. Uh, Rhys I'll come to you next uh, just a word on the game then and then you can finish off with your score prediction I'm, it's, to be fair I'm
1: not looking forward to the Dundee United one I'm looking forward to Peterhead but Dundee United's a different story I, I'm not looking forward to seeing Doc, Kevin Holt or any of the, the sort of decent signings they've made so far um, and to be honest with you first part of the season I'm going to predict a Fissile loss I'm going to say 3-1 Dundee United but if we do go and get a win and beat them I know it's just the League Cup but if we do go and get a win, I think that puts down like a marker for our season to just say right we've brushed off um, what happened last season and we're right up for it. And I think a lot of fans will get right behind that.
0: So it is actually a big game if we can go and get a win there. And David, where's good to go in Dundee and finish off with score prediction?
3: Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the pub. It's um obviously you need to go to the Desperate Dan statue. That's class. Uh, everybody loves the Desperate Dan statue. The Dandy and the Beano are class. Or Wally, all that. There is a pub down the road. is on the sort of main street, going all the way down. It's quite near the big sort of weird square statues that they have. I can't remember the name of it. It's where the Manpreet Express drops you off. That pub's really, really good. They've got a good beer garden as well. Um, I know it's a night game, but you know if you're you know, if you're going away a bit early, you can go in there. Uh, you'll know which one it is. You you'll definitely see it. I really like Tannadice as a grounds. Um, I think Tannadice and Dens Park. I think I love the fact that they're both right next to each other. Saying that, that, that I think last year when we played in Dundee, I ended up in a Dundee United pub reading Urwelly books. Um, in the pub. Um, <laughs> so you know, uh, high recommend for that. I'm looking forward to the game, but I think the the, my, the biggest part is probably going to be. The game itself, I think as we says we'll be we'll be up for it as a fan base. Um I'm I'm intrigued to see what reaction let Holt and Doc get. Um I, I don't know, especially you know considering that you know Doc missed <laughs> the penalty that um you know that we don't talk about but it's it's gonna be an interesting one. I, I think similar to uh, Jamie um, I think it's it's going to be just like Kilmarnock again. I mean, the League Cup throws up some weird, weird games. I've seen Albion Rovers and Hamilton. aki has got four each, and Albion Rovers are running penalties and stuff like that. It's like an absolute wild west of a competition in the group stages. And you know, Dundee United are hurting as, as similar as we were. They're rebuilding. I think they've gone through a much bigger rebuild than we are. And I think it's just going to be a bit of a weird game. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, one each, and we win in penalties.
0: I'm going to mirror you with a one each, David. It sort of reminds me of the, the Kilmarnock game in the League Cup last year. They'd just been promoted, Dundee United have, have just been relegated as a team trying to adapt to to different league with a few new signings. So I'm hoping we'll maybe catch them on an off day and put some sort of marker down. Putting a marker down sort of leads me nicely into what we're going to talk about next, which is what are the expectations for the league season? I think this is quite an interesting talking point. Jamie, I'll start with you. What what sort of season are you expecting? I think it's quite it's quite strange. It could be anything really. So so, what are your thoughts? Yeah, we were actually chatting about this in
2: the pod chat last night, and I'd love to say I see it' going on a title charge, but I don't really, to be honest. I know a lot of people have been talking about it could be a season fight and relegation, and I don't think that will be the case. I really hope that's not the case. I think at the end of the day, it will just be trying to make sure we get playoffs minimum. I've heard, I think Doolan said it once, and I think Robinson said it in one of his interviews as well, that playoffs is like the minimum achievement. And I think it'll just be another one of those, trying to make sure we at least get top four and see where we can go from there.
0: Rhys, do you agree with
2: that?
1: Rhys, do you agree with that? I completely. So I, I, I think the same as well. Remember I was saying the other night, like, we well, obviously I finished fourth place the last two, two seasons as well. Um, and... You're wanting to progress. I know it's going to be a tough season in terms of we're losing a lot of key players, but you don't want to start like looking down the way. Like, you, the Championship's just a notoriously hard league, and you look at the teams that have came into the league now, with down Dunfermline, but there's always surprises along the way. There's always like You can never predict it. We're all saying like Dundee United are probably going to have a really good season. They're, they're obviously favourites for the, re- the league, but realistically, they could finish seventh, and it wouldn't be a huge shock because... The championship throws up these surprises every year, so until we're we probably played the first round of fixtures, you can never really determine anything. But you'd like to think that bare minimum's got to be fourth again. Like last season, we were saying minimum was like second, and, and I still think it was. When, and and ultimately, I remember saying after the Rafe game last season was a failure unless we'd done something ridiculous in the playoffs, and we were so close to to achieving that. So ultimately, it has to be looked at as a failure because in the end, despite how good that those couple of weeks were and the playoff run and stuff, we didn't get what we, we set out to do at the beginning of the season. And I think if we don't get playoffs again, then that is a failure for us as a club. Even despite, the obviously, financial troubles and stuff, we still need to be aiming pretty high.
0: David, have you got any 2023-24 hot takes, Scottish Championship edition?
3: Um. I, I think it's going to be... It's always a weird, weird league. And I think it's... Yeah, I, I think it will be difficult. I mean, obviously, everyone goes on, but Dundee United is probably going to try and run away with it. But, I mean, Kilmarnock and Dundee haven't ran away with it in the last two seasons. And Dundee United, again, as we said, notoriously really struggle to get back out of this league. I don't... I think one of the one of the big things for me about Holt and Dawkins Uh, Tiffany uh, leaving in Turner it was that like that team that we had last season was I think we'd all said at some point on the pod or in months or whatever that it was the best Thistle team that we had seen like going to see Thistle it was a proper once-in-a-generation team uh, that we had and like replacing that is going to be difficult we've kept a lot of you know the the components of it, but you know four big uh, departures is it's going to be tough to kind of fill those you know spaces. And as well as that, Dylan has never had a transfer window before, and I'm interested to see what Dylan's philosophy is on that because I mean the players that we're looking at, n- none of us had really heard of, of many of them uh, before. I was like Scott Robinson, but like oh no, we see Williams and like Harrison Nee and. But, like, these players are coming from, like, sort of lower league England, and we don't know how it's going to work out. Obviously, Dylan, to, until now, has been has been, been really, really good at getting his team working in you know, the way that it should be and getting the most out of them. Arguably, say, he's a step up from the call, and that in terms of the way that he plays the game, and it feels so methodical, and the way he would talk in interviews and stuff like that about, he clearly thinks a lot about this, and it feels like he's picking these players for a reason and you hope it is for the reason that they are the, the players that will fit into his system that he's got. Um, I, I'm, I think that, to be honest, high-end playoffs is really the minimum for us, but we have to be realistic about our expectations. I mean, we are absolutely skinned and are trying to rebuild from losing a lot of players. So we, we won't be able to replicate that side from last season and we didn't win it with that, that side last season. So, who knows? But, you know, I'd, I'd take it.
0: <laughs> I think it's a really interesting point you made about people saying, oh, this was the best Thistle team of that like generation. And I, I'm not taking anything away from the, the run that we had last season. But you look at the cold hard facts on paper. And we finished fourth last season. And I know we had a lot of injuries for a lot of the season. Is fourth an achievable aim again? I, I would have to say yes. I look at, you hear the sort of whispers around, like from the odd whisper from players, and I think Chris Doolin takes um, the sort of sports science side a bit more seriously than, than Ian McCall did. And I think that will, it did towards the tail end of last season, and I hope it will get into this season, touch wood, lead to, to less injuries. And I think injuries are going to be so key this season. They were so key last season. And we spoke about, that was possibly the downfall of Ian McCall, the injuries. But if we keep a fit start in 11, the start of 11 that we've spoken about getting into this week with maybe one or two additions at, at centre-back and on the wing and in midfield. If we add just to that starting level, I think we've we've got a good chance as anyone really. Because I look through the league and I'm not convinced by Dundee United totally. And I think that is because of Jim Goodwin. And I don't think Jim Goodwin's a bad manager, but he's never done well when his teams are expected to win games. You look at where Jim Goodwin's done well. He's done well keeping Alawa in the Championship He's done well at St Mirren, where it was fine for them to stick 10 men behind the ball. When he went to Aberdeen and the onus was on him, he struggled. He struggled at Dundee United last season. And I think there's a big question mark hanging over Dundee United and Jim Goodwin for that reason. They might win the league, but I don't expect them to run away with it. Air United have kept Akiniemi? Whether or not he takes the huff or not is sort of 50-50. I think Wraith Rovers are the wild card with some of the, the signings they've made this season. They, they could run away with it. But similarly, they could do what Dunfermline did a few years ago and finish last. And I think Queen's Park with their new manager are sort of in a similar boat to Wraith. They're quite unpredictable. Wouldn't surprise me if they won it. Wouldn't surprise me if they struggled. So I think really it comes down to can we keep key players fit? And I think if we do that, we, we have a, a sort of outside chance in the league. But I definitely don't see why we can't make the playoffs. Um, and I don't expect us to be in a relegation battle. I know a lot of the sort of sentiment is a little bit doom and gloom over the finances and things. But you look at some some of the other teams in the division and I, I really don't expect us to get, to get dragged into that. So I think playoffs is, is more than an achievable objective this season. Earlier this week, Tom Hosey and Vinnie Ferguson got together to look ahead to the 2023-24 season for the Partick Thistle women's team.
4: This is Vinny here and delighted to um, do a wee section on Draw, Loser, Draw For the Patrick Thistle women's team I'm joined by Tom Hosey Hello Tom Hello Vinny I hope
5: you've been having a pleasant summer Yeah,
4: yeah ple- pleasant enough Pleasant enough I think um, we're still not discussing uh, what happened up north For the men's team in this house We've not even watched the, the highlights back um, Oh well, I'll never watch the highlights <laughs> back But but uh, I th- I think we're 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 ready. We're 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 looking forward to a new season and uh, very much so uh, the the season that will unfold at Peter's Hill. Um. So Tom, I think without further ado, I'll I'll just run through the wee list so that people are up to speed with the players who have left uh, the women's team. Um. Starting off with uh, two goalkeepers, Kim Ramsey and Lauren Grant. Obviously, Kim um was. Kind of second fiddle to Megan Cunningham uh, last season, and Lauren obviously uh, went out on loan to Queens Park. Um, Lauren ending the season with a quite a horrendous injury. I, I bumped into her a few times and was chatting to her, and uh, things were looking a wee bit grim for her. So sending uh, Loza all the best. Um, but uh, Kim Ramsey, <laughs> maybe a wee word about her, Tom, and and how she she stepped up when we needed her to.
5: And obviously Megan was always going to be first choice, but you needed somebody that kind of could step in, especially with you know when Megan's situation that she was on loan from Rangers, she obviously couldn't play against them. And then there was other occasions when she was unavailable, and I think Kim did fine. You know, she was probably never going to dislodge Megan
4: from first choice, but she was a more than capable deputy She she sure was, and there was one game in particular. In fact, it must have been Rangers at Peter's, Peters Hill and uh, she really kept the score down. I think she got Player of the Match that game. Actually, by by um, I think it was Jags, yeah. Jags Foundation was sponsoring that game. She, she she had a terrific game. Obviously, it's always tough against Rangers, but um, she she did really well. So um, yeah, wish, wishing them all the best. Especially you well, Lauren Grant just had no luck at all. So
5: yeah, hopefully
4: she'll be back sooner rather than later. Yeah, Lauren's a really really good person. So I'm hoping that um, things work out for her. Uh, yeah, so moving a wee bit further up the pitch uh, Yeah, I think a wee special mention for um, a few of these players You know, Freya MacDonald, obviously a bit of a history maker um, with, with the women's team um, And Taylor Fisher just never really got going for us um, She never really had a decent run in the team But um, you know, at times looked pretty threatening I'm Thinking back to last season That chance where she was through on goal against Celtic That would have put us 2-1 up with, with, with a few minutes left um, we, we don't want to remember her just by that, but you know, someone who who came in and, and helped out the team when she needed to, and Freya as well. Again, a bit of a bit, bit part player last season, but again, you know, played her part in the squad. Yeah, I think one of the things to remember about Taylor Fisher was although she didn't play every week, she was always available. Yeah,
5: I think that's a really and good point. It, it must be. It must be. It must be really difficult. When you... You know, you're training three nights a week and you know that your chances of actually getting much game time are, are limited. But she was always there when she came on. She, was, she worked, always worked very, very hard. Um, and I think she's a player that probably will benefit from getting, I'm sure she'll get more game time at Hamilton than what she would
4: have had she still been with us. And I think she'll benefit from that. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, like like you say, just making herself all, always available is, is um, a real credit to her. Taylor Hamill went out on loan to Kilmarnock sort of halfway through the season. Obviously, again, people will look back on that memorable Scottish Cup win um, a couple of seasons ago against Hibbs, And she, she she scored in that game. Always looked really handy on the ball. But, you know, I, I think, again, just, just unlucky not really getting a run in the team. Um, and obviously wish her well in her career as well because she's uh, you know, another one who's a, a really great character yeah I think she was just again she wasn't getting game time through no fault of her own really just the, f- the form of other other players yeah absolutely I mean, she, I mean that you talking about that, that night
5: against her, that was a fantastic night and I think that was a, the, when she was at her best form with us and again that was when she was playing week in week out and if you can't guarantee that then it's only
4: natural that they want to get game time elsewhere. Yeah, and I, th- I think, um, you know, thinking about Taylor Hamill. It was, uh, I, you know, when people see her, I think they're always quite struck by, you know, her her, her height. She is a very small player, but my goodness, the ability she has to, uh, to very quickly turn on a ball. And, uh, you know, her, her close control was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a sad miss. But like you say, Tom, totally understand why. Um, she'll, she'll look for other opportunities elsewhere Abby Ferguson, Tom I, I, What can you say about Abby? She, she probably would have liked to have scored more goals for us But really not a surprise to see her moving to um, a, a full-time team No, I think she's probably, of all the players I've left She's probably one of you'll, you'll miss the most Do you see, I mean, goal return was at five or six Yeah, yeah Massive, but
5: her contribution out with just scoring goals was huge a phenomenal talent still very young as you say it's no surprise at all that she's gone gone professional with with hubs yeah I and i think that's a tremendous thing for hubs
4: yeah i think so too and um at one point i thought we were going to have to trademark the 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 ball up to abby her close control stopping the ball dead and putting it out wide, turning the defender and making a run into the box. It was just happening constantly last year. It was a real strength of her game. You know, at times, when she first arrived, I felt she maybe held to the ball a wee bit too long. But I, th- I think it's just credit to the coaching team of, you know, she just really matured through last season and really came onto her game. I think you, you mentioned about the overall contributions. I think it was eight assists she had, you know, for, for a, a, a very young player. Um, finding their way in the game and um, I, th- I think that's a phenomenal return To be honest I tell you one thing I'm not looking forward to Is her playing against
5: us next season last <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish her all the best But I hope she has Four stinkers next season Against us <laughs> that, I don't see it somehow
4: though No, no um, And uh, Yeah I, th- I think She enjoyed her time with us so much I'd like to think She's going to be one of these players That you know, If and when she does score against us She has that subdued celebration but um, if she doesn't, yes. I'm, su- I'm sure we'll be at the back booing her. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. And then uh, yeah, two two players who are you know pretty much legends at the club. Um, Kim Murphy was only with us for a few years, but there was uh, an awful lot made about her departure at the uh, Player of the Year awards evening we we had back in May. Um, a few words about Kim.
5: She's going to be a massive miss, not just. On the park, I think, off the park as well. And her, you know, such a strong personality. Yeah, she's she's just going to be missed. Yeah. I mean, I would like love, love her if she'd decided just one more season, but I can understand why she maybe feels it's it's time to to pack the boots up. But she has she's going to be a huge miss.
4: She is, um, but um, I I think we've we've got the guarantee that she'll be there on 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 Sundays cheering on the on the girls, which I think will be uh, you know a real oh, laugh well, for them.
5: Yeah, I mean, she's still and around about the place in match days. so, I mean, I think her personality will still be there and will still see the benefit of it.
4: Yeah, I think so, I think so. And then... Uh, the, the I,
5: think, I think opposing players might be quite glad to see the back of Kim because not, she's not shy about ferocity of trials sometimes.
4: Uh, no, I, th- I think so. However, um, she can say what she likes without uh, risk of her booking from the sidelines, so this should be interesting. that. <laughs> And uh, Tom, yeah, uh, you know, Thistle woman's longest-serving player, Taylor McLashen, uh, departed. I, I get. I spoke about it at, at the Player of the Year awards night. Um, there was just a a sharp intake of breath, followed by a, a, a deathly silence when she went down um, on the last uh, game of the season. It's uh, it's not how we wanted things to end for for Taylor. Um, but you know, she, she was with the club through thick and thin. You know, so unlucky with injuries over over the last couple of years. Um, But, you know, she she was one of these players that when she did step up this season, she did not look out of place in a top-six team.
5: No, any time she came in, as you say, it it was as if she hadn't been away. She just slotted back in just effortlessly. And it was, it was really cruel the way it ended in that that final game for her. It
4: did, did. and um, what was was really nice was we, we, we had the the young team behind the goal and you know as she was being stretched off the pitch they were singing her name so that was a really really nice touch and um, but obviously wish wish Taylor all the best and hopefully she's not hung up the boots totally and you know that she she gets another wee chance because I think she's still got plenty to offer for, for a lot of teams in Scotland
5: oh yeah she'd be she'd be all lost to the game if she decided that this was now she's decided not to continue
4: yeah yeah, And uh, obviously With departing players it, it frees up A wee bit of space Tom So we have already Welcomed in uh, In the close season uh, Rachel Wright From uh, Glasgow City You know a, a youth player But has had a little bit Of first team experience uh, Central midfielder um, Have you have Had much Experience of her Tom No no. about
5: she played against us last season. She made her. She did. That's right. I think I'm right. She made her Glasgow City debut against against us. That's right. That's um, right. No, I excited to see her play just even for the fact that I don't know an awful lot about her. I can't imagine Brian would be bringing her in if she, he didn't think she contribute to the you know to in the team this coming season. Yeah. So it's always exciting when you know
4: if it's the men's team or the women's team or whatever. There's a new player in that you don't know an awful lot about. You're always keen to see what exactly what they bring. Yeah, exactly. And then the other player that we've brought in is probably less of um, an an unknown quantity. Um, uh, Cody Hay from from Motherwell. You know, a a winger, a tricky winger. Um, You know, obviously her her sister's doing a phenomenal job with with Rangers in Scotland. And, uh, you know, Cody's, you know, in a similar vein in terms of what what she offers and what she can bring to the team. You must be excited to see her. Yeah, I
5: mean, we know us so many times and she's been a threat just about every single time she's played against us she's quick she's direct it gives competition in the wide areas of the park as well i think it's a tremendous addition to the to the squad
4: yeah and it's a really ambitious one as well i think there'll be a lot of teams um raising an eyebrow and um, the thistle managing to sign such a such a good player so Tom there you mentioned about a bit of competition in the wide areas obviously the last season our sort of main wingers were Cara Henderson and Rachel Donaldson do you see anything changing up top there with Cody Hay coming in is she going to take one of their positions and, and you know maybe Rachel or, or, or Hendo moving further forward I would think it's more likely that it'll be it'll be Hendo that would move further forward they both Rachel and Cara can play kind of
5: no, up top. It's going to be interesting just seeing how Brian lines the teams up over the, the course of the pre-season games and see if he has got different ideas
4: about that sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. And then even looking back at um, you, you mentioned Hendel probably being the favoured one for playing up top. You look back at her goals last season. A lot of them are sort of poetry goals, and you know, I, I think in particular, um, a couple. There was um, one where Abby. Uh, Ferguson uh, has a great header, keeper saves it and Hendel's right in there to to stab the ball home. And one that really stuck yeah, out I was for
5: just
4: watching me. That. Yeah. <laughs> and one that really stuck out for me was obviously the goal that guaranteed his top six up at uh, Gussie Park against Dundee United. Again, Abby Ferguson, a yeah. lovely through ball. I was just but um yeah, the without the combination of them yeah, the was, yeah, yeah. Was H- he Hendel's movement, the way she spins away from the defender and she's on it. Um, so I I I can definitely see her playing a you know a more forward role, but it's it's exciting. And you know what even what might be even more exciting is maybe the three of them being a bit of a rotation yes. as a front three. I think that could be really exciting. There's a lot of pace there, there's a lot of skill there and craft. Um, so I th- I think um, although we're losing Abby Ferguson, I think we're 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 looking forward to another uh, attacking season. Should be good. What's started and I think you do see that that chance to rotate as well I mean I think perhaps over the last couple of seasons we've you
5: know if you're going to the the well to get the same players all the time that it's it's difficult and you've got that opportunity to kind of rest players now and and now and then keep them fresh you maybe see the benefit of that towards the end of the season
4: yeah definitely definitely so with that strength sort of uh, up the park and we know a lot about our, our, our central midfielders and obviously we're solid at the back and um, at the moment we don't have a goalie signed so that, that could be interesting hopefully we'll hear uh, some confirmed news on that um you know in, in, in the coming weeks obviously we've got a, a friendly on Sunday this coming Sunday against Montrose so maybe by the time this podcast is out that game will already have been and we will seen who's lined up in goals so that should be very interesting but Tom for you We've had a lot of um, very good re-signings uh, this season. Anyone in particular sticking out for you?
5: Well, I think Lindsay Taylor's the one that immediately jumped out. The fact that there was there was interest, not quite serious interest in Lindsay from elsewhere, and she's made the commitment to fussle for another season, I think it's huge. I mean, I don't think that in her position, there's many, if any, certainly outs with the top three that are, that are better than us. Better, better than her, So I think that's that's great that she's here for the for the next season.
4: Yeah, really looking forward to seeing Lindsay Taylor and in, in, in the midfield again. You know, at times being called upon to to play a sort of number ten role as well. Um, and yeah, yeah she's just a, a great striker of the ball, but her, her vision and just I think calmness on the ball as well is something that we we really need in the team.
5: Yeah, and a set piece delivery, pretty good as well. That free kick against.
4: Aberdeen was that the, the goal that was won that kind of sparked the comeback in the 4-3 game against that, Aberdeen. That's right, and it was the uh, the way I put it after the game was although that was a, we were two 0 down. Lindsay Taylor steps up to hit that free kick as soon as it hits the back of the net. I think everyone knew we were going to win that game. <laughs> it was just a weird yes. feeling around the place, but um, it was uh, not an a extraordinary. You game. often
5: in that's for sure. <laughs>
4: Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're, you're talking there, Tom, about the, the strength of that re-signing in Lindsay Taylor and how there's not many better than her outside the top three. I think we need to give a wee bit of credit to um, the way the, the teams who finished above us in the top uh, five last season, how they've gone about their business this closed season. Celtic, obviously, they're, you know, leaking a lot of players, but that happens in the women's game. And I think, you know, people maybe just need to sort of hit the brakes and remember that last season Celtic signed, I think about half a dozen players in the week leading up to the opening weekend, and they, the the recruitment was excellent. So I don't think, you know, I don't think Fran Alonso will be panicking. But you look at the recruitment, particularly at Hearts and Hibbs. Obviously, the, the top three they'll always attract players, but Hearts and Hibbs have really upped their game. Some phenomenal signings. Yeah, I just wonder whether
5: there's a the potential for. For either of the two, I think, more likely Hearts, or you them know, getting in amongst the top three this season, whether there might be a drop-off with Celtic. Um, you know, with them losing so many players, is there an opportunity for a Hearts or to kind of force their way into the top three? It'd be interesting to see. It will I mean, be interesting. I think interesting. Hearts went, yeah. were excellent last season and I thought Georgia Thames up front was as good a striker as there was in the league and they've added extra firepower as well.
4: So they are going to be a real threat this coming season. Yeah, and I think both you and I said, I think it was during the Hearts game actually, Tom, both you and I said that probably apart from Thistle Hearts um, were probably our favourite team to watch in the league last season. I think Eva Ollard has done a phenomenal job there. Um, They've just got some really tidy players, haven't they? They have indeed, yeah. They're well
5: worth watching. Uh, I'm not quite sure when we're due up against them. First of all, I think we've got quite a Quite a good start to the the season, I have a chance to get some points on the board early on. But I'm looking forward to to coming up against Hearts again next season.
4: Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. And like we kept saying, and when we when we did make top six, if you want to be and amongst the best, you know, then it's it's going to be tough lessons at times. But I think this season we can really relish these games, realise that we can compete with these uh, teams at the top of the league. Um, you saw, you know, obviously giving Celtic a fright. Um, you know, Glasgow City did not have an easy game against us. Uh, Post split, um, the 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 Hearts and Hibs games as well. You know, really really tight up to a point as well. So um, yeah, I think you know we're we really looking forward to things.
5: Yeah, I think this is the season that we were very very close to doing it last season. I think next this coming season might be the season that we do take something off the one of the top three at some point. We were very, very unlucky not to have done so against Celtic last season. Um, deep in injury time, they get the winning goal. And then Glasgow City only getting the winner against us three, four minutes from the end. So we're getting closer and closer. And that's the sign of the, the progress
4: we've been making season on season. Yeah. That's the next the next step. You know, we've got top six. Now let's see if we can't get points off the, the top three. Yep. That, that has to be the aim. And uh, yeah, the, the one thing I love about the women's team, Tom, is that uh, unlike the men's team, it's not just blind optimism <laughs> at times. There's, uh, no. there's, there's there's evidence to support our views, which is always nice. <laughs> I mean, as it's remarkable the progress they make season on
5: season, the, the level of professionalism from each season. It's just getting better and better. As, you know, it's, a, it's a semi-pro team and everything, bar, bar
4: name. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Well, listen, Tom, we'll leave it there uh, and hand back uh, to the guys at Draw, Lose or Draw. uh, But thanks very much for your time and uh, we'll catch up soon.
0: Now going to bring back a couple of games that were popular at the start of this season. David has got a, another version of likely, unlikely lined up for us. I'm going to start off with some some season long predictions over over under. I'm not going to include these in the season long prediction tally because frankly doing it last season was a pain in the arse listening back and trying to work out the points. But um, you can you can let us know your answers um and we'll we'll compare, <laughs> we'll try and compare as best we can at the end of the season. I'll come round each year and I'm just looking for one word over or under. We've got 10 categories. Brian Graham goals, all competitions, and I've set that at 12.5. Reese over under. Over. Jamie? No, definitely over. David? Over. Full house of overs here. Brian Graham, 13 or more goals, please. Next one, interesting one. Aidan Fitzpatrick goal involvement, so that's goals and assists in competitive matches. I've set this at 20.5. Reese over under. Uh, uh, I'm going to say over because he'll have a bigger role this season.
2: Jamie, I think it will be around that mark, so it could be just under, just over. But I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to say over.
0: I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad I've set these at a good, like, a good challenging level for the the participants. David's over under twenty point five for Ed Fitzpatrick goal involvements.
3: I mean, I don't know how many goal involvements he had last season. Never mind next season. But um, I'll, I'll go over as well.
0: Uh, Full house of overs as well. We're back in the lads this season. David, I'll start with you on this one. Stuart Bannigan, bookings. We were stung last season going under 3.5. I've said it at 7.5 this season for all comps. uh, What are you going for over under?
3: I mean... (sighs) How wrong were we last season? I, you can't, I can't say under again, because I know what will happen is in April, Well, you'll go, David, back in July, both me and you said that Stuart Bannigan would be under 7.5 red cards. So congratulations on his 20th red, uh, yellow card um, of the season. It's, it's written in the stars. I'm going to go over
0: yeah, I'm joining you on over, because at least if, if he gets under, well, he'll, he'll get less suspensions. Reese over under, 7.5 bookings for Banzo? Uh,
1: Well, we've lost Doherty, and Doherty was always good for a card, so I feel like Bannigan's going to have to take a few of Doherty's cards. And it'll be like the, the meme, like, how
2: am I doing, boss, and Doherty's looking down it, So, he's gone over. Jamie? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say under, because I said over last year, but it was a much lower number. It was like three bookings or something like that. There's no way Banigan's staying under three bookings. I think he had two seasons in a row when we only got two or three, so I'm going to back him and say that we get another one. I think a couple other players will take some of the bookings for him this year. So I'm going to say under.
0: There you go. Banzo, if you're listening, Jamie believes in you. Next up, cup games played in total. So this includes the League Cup, the Scottish Cup and the Challenge Cup. So we're guaranteed at least six games. Uh, that's four in the League Cup, one in the Scottish and one in the Challenge Rhys, I'll start with you. I've set this at 9.5. Do you think we'll play over or under 9.5 cup games this season? Yeah, I think we'll play over 9.5. And
1: I'd actually like us to get a half-decent run in the Challenge Cup this year.
2: Come on. Yeah, I agree. Jamie? Yeah, I'm going to say over as well. And I completely agree with the sentiment about the Challenge Cup. I know a lot of people dismiss it, call it a Diddy Cup and that. But final day out would be class, so let's get a good run in that.
3: David? Matt, we're in a League Cup group without Steny, St Mirren or Airdrie or Queen's Park. The sky's the limit. We're we're winning the lot. Over.
0: Yeah, I'll go over as well. I, I think Doolin will take the Cups pretty seriously this year. So I'll go over as well on that one and I echo the sentiments on the Challenge Cup. Would you run in on that one? Next up, different players to start the match wearing the captain's armband. And I've set this at 4.5. I think this is an interesting one. I think we could see a few different players wear this this season. So 4.5, Jamie, do you think over or under?
2: Again, it's another one. I think you've set the number well because I think it'll probably be around four. But I'm going to say over just due to either injuries or suspensions or whatever causing it to be over. David?
3: I'm going to go under for this. I think that there's going to be some key players that play pretty much every minute of the season, to be honest. And I think that they will be the sort of the locker room leaders who bring the team together. So I'm, I'm going to go under 4.5. I
0: agree with you, David. I think Muirhead, Graham and Barrigan look like they'll be the key figures. So I think the, the three of them may be chucking it to, to McMillan if, if one of them is unavailable, but I'll go under 4.5. Reese, what about you? Aye, same here. Uh, I'm going to go under. Same guys that you've mentioned. I think probably it's going to be between Aero
1: and Graham for the captaincy. Um, and then just if, if two of them aren't playing, you're looking at, as you mentioned, Banzo. So what's the chances of all three of them not playing? Um, so aye, I'm going to go under.
0: Next up, clean sheets in all competitions. We've actually done pretty well in terms of clean sheets for the last three years, I suppose. We've set this at 14.5. Uh, it's possible to start pad in the League Cup. Uh, that might help us. 14.5 in terms of clean sheets over under. No, we actually always seem to do well with these clean sheet stats, and you
1: sometimes forget like we've actually done so well. So I'm going to say over again.
0: David,
3: I agree. I think that we will defensively. I mean, I mean, one of the key tenets of you know Dylan's philosophy is that you know they they're, they're attacking and stuff like that, but they're solid at the back, and he give them the base to go forwards um, so I agree we, we we are surprisingly good at clean sheets which seems like a really odd thing even though it's been the case for about three years so I'm going to go over as well and Jamie yeah
2: I'm going to agree over as well
3: yeah
0: full house for over I believe in them next up this was an interesting one We had a discussion about this off air Red cards in total And I set this at 3.5 And we were discussing Oh is that too high But then we're thinking back to last season I think we had five red cards So 3.5 red cards in total Jamie I'll start with you Over under? Under David?
3: Uh, Over
0: Rhys?
1: This is a right hard one
0: um, I'm going to say under Just I'm going to go over, I know Reese has mentioned Stanway likes coming on for a tackle, I think about some of the games we've got this season. we got Morton, Airdrie, Queen's Park, Dundee United. They're going to be spicy. I'm going to go over 3.5 red cards. David, I'll come to you with the next one because, again, I think we were caught out with this last season and I've I've lowered, I've lowered the, the bar this season. Times Stevie Lawless has spotted at Ibrox and he was not spotted once last season despite admitting he'd been twice. He was not spotted. So I'll bring this down to 0.5. So basically, I'm asking you, will Stevie Lawless be spotted at Ibrox? And I do not include on
3: the pitch if we draw them in the cup. Which we will. We, we definitely will. But... Um, I mean, mm, uh, I mean, I suppose we'll probably draw Rangers in the challenge, so we'll see him in the stand for that one. Um, you you know what, Stevie, I'm I'm got, I've got faith in you. You know, you you've it's like Bannigan, You know, um, you know he's turning a new leaf. He won't be spoiled. So yes, I'll I'll say under.
0: Rhys, yeah, under for me too. He's a changed man. <laughs> Jamie, yeah, so uh, I was under. Oh, I'll go against the grain. I'll say he will be spotted. Th- you, Rangers might get a little European run, at least, into the groups this season. They seem a, a little bit more organised than they did this time last year. So I'll back him to get spotted midweek, Europa League, Europa Conference type thing. Now the front. Uh, next up, number of goals or broth will score against us in all comps. They did not score against us last season in five meetings. So I've set the over-under at this at 3.5. David, famously a bogey team for us until last season, do you think our broth will manage over or under 3.5 goals against us?
3: Um, I'll say under, but I think they'll score three. <laughs> <laughs> <Peace. sighs>
1: yeah, this kind of brings into my clean sheet thing. If we're going to be conceding that many goals to our broth, then there's a clean sheet that's going to happen. Uh. I'll say over, you know, just to go different from David's. You need a bit of, if you're going to try and take top spot, you need to get away from the pick.
0: Jamie? I'm going to say under. Yeah, i agree with Jamie and David. I'll go under as well. Last one, final league position. I've set this at 2.5. So if we say over is, is first or second and under is third and below, where are we going to finish in the league? Over, under, 2.5. Reese, I'll start with you on this one going to say under because even like last year I was pretty confident we could have got top two and
1: although I still believe we were definitely amongst the, the two best teams in the league we didn't come
2: top two um, so I'll say under this year Jamie 2.5 yeah as much as I'd love to say over I'm going to say under as well I, just, I can't see it as of now
3: David what have we become as a pod this, this defeatism is just well, running right for it you're surely over because you're surely the
0: 66% sure we're finishing first.
3: Aye, we're finishing first. Aye, yeah, absolutely. We're winning the league, um, 66% chance. So yeah. So when you say over or under, what is over good? Over is one or first or second. Right. Aye. So I will go over then. Well, I'll will finish
0: this little segment with just coming round y'all and asking one-word answers. One-word answers. Where are we going to finish in the league, David? First, obviously. <laughs> Jamie.
2: To stop it being three in a row. Of fourth places, I'm gonna say third.
0: Reese, uh, stick me down as third as well. I'll say fourth. I'll go fourth. Um, I will now hand the reins over to, to Mr. Forrest for a a return of the classic, likely unlikely. David, take it away.
3: So likely unlikely, we've done this the last two seasons. Um, it's basically quick fire stuff. Um, I've got, well, I've got twelve question for you. You just need to answer likely or unlikely, just scenarios that will happen over the next season. Um, I'll run through last year's. There's so some interesting ones in there. So the first one is obviously for Farhill was a total tatty field and I believe we had to change our League Cup games to play them the home games after uh, the away ones so that we could re- redo the pitch. Oh, so last year um, all four of us said it was unlikely that Patrick Fisher will play their League Cup home games at Broadwood. But you said, uh, Matt, that it was 50-50 that they play at Farrill. We all predicted, likely, that Stuart against testimonial would be announced. Not only was it announced, we've had two testimonials announced because they had one and then scrapped it when we got to the playoffs and then they announced it again. Scott Tiffany will play after January. I, both me and Reese said it was likely they would be playing after January. Jamie said it was unlikely, and Matt said the only scenario where Scott Tiffany will play for us after January is if when Dundee United sign him, he is so unspeakably shit that they loan him back to us. So um, we managed to hold him on for the season.
0: I think I got the point for that, though. So they're what? not so likely we'll get him back.
3: No, you said unlikely. You no. said... no. Uh, he said not a fucking chance I believe is a verbatim quote from you Thistle will play the old firm in a cup that obviously did happen so you know four likelies all round all great. and we also all predicted that um, Brian Graham would get a new contract so um, you know we've done that and we also predicted that Falkirk would still be in league one uh, all four of us, that's quite funny my favourite one, uh, Richard Foster will sign for QP, Kelty or Open Gold Room Hill Two of us, uh, me and Jamie, said it was likely. And (laughs) Matt and Rhys said it was unlikely. And three of us said it was likely that Fissle will win the championship, apart from Matt. There you go. There's your point. Exactly. So this season, I've got 12 statements for you. Just again, likely, unlikely. You can chat about it for a moment if you want, if you can be bothered. So first one, this is based on 1st of July next season. On the first of July next season, Chris Dutin will still be party of official manager. Likely. Reese?
2: Likely for me to. Likely.
3: Second up, Jackie Lowe, Stuart McGregor, or Alan Ruff will have a sensational tell all interview about the PTFC Trust saga. Unlikely. Aye, unlikely. Likely. I'm gonna go likely for the, the first two myself I think that Something will come out It'll be in a red uh, top though It will be Hi We won't that. read it Hi Number three Ian McCall Will become Party official Director of football
2: Unlikely Is this over the Well hold on Is this over the next season Or how long
3: Yeah oh, uh, Yeah. Over the next season Yeah at some point N-
2: Not yet i not we'll See uh, how the season goes Unlikely for this season
0: Unlikely for me too Unlikely for me too Because I think If it was going to happen It would have happened by now
3: yeah, I think th- th- there is there is some merit to it But um, yeah, I think it's unlikely at this point as well They would have probably brought it out at some point by then Number four, Partick Thistle will play away from home In a cup competition against a team from either Wales, Northern Ireland or Elgin Unlikely
0: Unlikely, unlikely. we're not allowed nice things
3: <laughs> That is true, right? unlikely, yeah Number five, Paul Payton will be booed at Stuart Bannigan's testimonial
0: Likely Unlikely Likely.
3: I, I oh, say I'll likely. I'll be
0: fucking burning them, so, you know.
3: <laughs> I I think you you'll absolutely do. You'll you'll probably score and go full pantomime ear add a or in the Jackie Husband or something like that. So I'll go likely. This one is a bit more open ended. So Patrick Thistle will have at least one win or three games at Hampden Park.
0: Likely. Likely. We'll have at least one win at Hamden. That that's it.
3: Or three games
0: Or oh, three games Well we might get them In the playoffs again So I'm saying that's likely Because we're surely Going to beat them And
3: I say surely uh, it's, Likely
0: Like I'm going to Stop talking Likely
3: Yeah it's it, it perfectly valid You can get them in the Challenge Cup The playoffs whatever Yeah exactly Number seven The party official Women's team Will win a game Against one of Rangers Celtic Or Glasgow City Unlikely
0: Got to back them I'll say likely they're, they're improving every year So that seems like The next natural step Jamie?
3: now nah, go on. Likely, I'll, I'll back them. Right, there you go. I, I think likely as well. I think we will absolutely brutalise them in a game, uh, win 1 0 with about eight casualties, um, and it'll be great. Number eight, this is a big one. David Forrest and Jackie Synagogue will collect enough tickets at Pleasureland in Arbroath to win a spooky skeleton drink- drinking goblet from the prize kiosk. So, for context here, it's 1,770 tickets. I already have 100 and the deal or no deal machine has a jackpot of 400 tickets and it's two visits. Unlikely, I'm sorry, David. Oh,
0: come I, on. i have just tried I to do the math we're... in my head, David. That
1: sounds unlikely. I'm going to say likely just because I don't think you'd do it in those two trips, but I know that you like to like fake 42 so I can see you going up there <laughs> when you put a gate. <laughs>
3: But <laughs> well, just to get my numbers yeah. in, I, right, I, I'm I, going likely. All I need to do is win the, jack, the jackpot on a uh, deal or no deal four times and then we're all good. Uh, number nine, Falkirk will fail yet again to get promoted out of League One.
2: You know what? As much as I know people wanted want to see it because it'd be funny, but unlikely. I think they've got to do it eventually. I think they'll finally do it this year.
0: I, As a big Falkirk or staying down man last year, I'm going to say they'll get out this year because I don't like either of the teams that went down. And John McGlynn's had like a year to sort of sort it out. So I'm going to say this will be their year to get up. So so unlikely, I'm afraid, David.
3: Fair enough. So,
1: so unlikely means they're coming up.
3: Yeah.
1: Do uh, you know what? I'll say likely. I think I actually think they'll win the league, but they find a way to bottle it. So I'm going to say like they'll,
3: they'll stay done. <laughs> I'm going to go likely with you as well, just because it's quite funny. Number 10, a player, any player. From the Ramsons Cup final squad in twelve thirteen will play in this year's Challenge Cup final. So it could be Bannigan, it could be pa- uh, Paul Payton, it could be anyone in the team in that in that uh, on that day plays in the Challenge Cup final this Because obviously if we get to it, you know, Muirhead or whatever would play. I'm gonna Do say the like...
2: Rovers have
0: anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say likely. Fox might end up at Wraith Rovers. I bye was... so he... <laughs> I'll, I'll say likely. I think there's enough out there around the clubs. So I'll say likely.
2: Yeah, go unlikely.
0: I'll go I'll likely say, as well.
2: Uh, I'm going to
1: say unlikely, unless we see Nicky Clark from the Queen of the South side thinks somehow getting his way down there, getting a loan okay. or
3: something. Fair. Number 11 Stuart Bannigan has at least one confirmed pint in months. And it has to be a pint you can't have a can of juice or it has to be like an alcoholic pint of beer in months
2: you know what going in this arc they were winning the challenge cup likely
0: he's gonna go have a pint of from the challenge cup i'll say i'll say likely it'll be part of the testimonial um sort of promotion so i'll say likely so a very good shout unlikely for me
3: I'll I'll go likely, because I think it's going to be a sort of jota in the brazen head, sort of break the emergency glass. we need a bit of feel-good buzz around the, the club when we like, get beat by, uh, I don't know, fucking uh, Arbro 4-0 or something like that. Um, and then I was going to do Fistel will be promoted, and then you pulled out, you know, f- well, will we be first or second? Or, of course, so I'll change it. Partick Fistel will be in either the promotion or relegation playoffs
1: i have just go yeah. Yeah, likely, we'll yeah forth. never boring also can I just say I I love the actual bit of David saying we'll concede under 3.5 goals against our both but we'll also
0: keep oh, going after
3: <laughs> <laughs> you need to cover your bases Reese. that's how you win these things um, <laughs> more bottles um, than a chip, not Doctor Who yeah I, I, exactly I one for vote. the Doctor Who fans either I, I have to go unlikely because we're going to win the league so it's you know can't have the playoffs if we win the league so there you go.
0: David, thank you for the return of Likely, Unlikely. It was a thrill. Um, and we'd love to hear the, the listeners' answers to Likely, Unlikely. So please get in touch on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook.
1: I've got to say, David, you've missed an absolute open goal by not saying Jamie Sneddon over under
0: 0.5 goals. <laughs> that was probably a magic restriction, <coughs> to be fair, for the over-unders. I'll, I'll take the hit for that, David. Sorry. Does Stuart Bannigan's testimonial count for Jamie Sneddon's goal count this year? Uh, we will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. Now, I have got a, a selection of questions this week for Partridge Thistle. It's been a, a long summer. So I'm going to start with one for Reese and Jamie. Now, we are going to ask, is, a, is an apple an elite fruit? And ha- I've got a system to rank apples, right, uh, to rank fruits. So you've got four tiers. You've got excellent, good, okay, and bad. Are we putting apple in the top tier there? is apple and elite fruit. Jamie, I'll start with you.
2: You know, there's different types of apples, so it's kind of difficult because I think like russet apples are like top tier. I love those, but then you get the other ones, which are like decent. So was the second one good? Yes. I'll put it in good then. I'll put it in good.
0: I, I, I'm i sort of with you, Jamie. I'm sort of in the middle of, of good and average. I think the, the complexity of how many types of apple you get is is, is, a, is a big factor. Rhys, what you? What's your take on this? Well, I think it's a like, it's like a
1: legend of the fruit game. Like it's one of the almost the top dogs when you think about the other oh, fruits, apples probably one of the first things that come to your mind, but it doesn't have that much substance to it and there's a lot more there's let's just say if there was a bowl of fruit in front of me, there's a couple of things that I'd pick before I pick an apple, so it's it's coming on the, the second tier for me. That's a great follow up question, Henry's Top three fruits. Well, uh Maybe a wee bit controversial here, but I really like a banana. I know some people aren't having them, but banana's probably my favourite. Um,
0: maybe a pineapple and, and a mango. Right, mango's got to be in anybody's top three, I think. Jamie, you having the mango in your top three?
2: I probably wasn't going to say mango. It's not like I dislike it, I just don't really eat it much. <laughs> uh, in no specific order, banana will probably be in mine as well. You know what? I, I like I like a kiwi. It's probably the most fucking West End answer I've ever, but <laughs> a kiwi's nice. Um... What else is going to be up there? I like grapes, grapes, I like grapes. Nah, strawberry. No strawberry, scrap grapes, strawberry.
0: Strawberry. It's a good, it's a good top three. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with your your mango, your kiwi, and I'm also going to go for a passion fruit. I like a passion fruit. So that's my top three. Very West End as well, Jamie. David, I'm going to come to you with the next one. Uh, I know this is a topic
3: very close to your heart. Is the major innocent? Who major Charles innocent? <laughs> of, um, of course. Of course I major Charles <laughs> Innocent. Um hashtag give the major his million. It's <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with uh, Major Charles Ingram. I love that someone coughed when you asked that question. No, That's I, did, any, that, I did that deliberately. That is an incredible bit of pattern. That is, is very, very good. Um I mean I mean aye, I mean of course it, I mean like it's it's the gravest crime. You know, you know how we you know how we always bang on about how we get relegated um, unfairly um, from the championship into League One. That is a trifle compared to the injustice. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's yes, he's definitely innocent, and I would testify that in court. Just not the big court, the wee court. David,
0: like, I I, sort of, I think I'm on your side in the sense that I think to have the audacity to go on a, an ITV quiz show and like just get somebody to cough. And also, I think he, like, made his own, you know, the fastest finger machines. I think he made his own one of them for his garage to, like, make sure he was good at it so everyone else was coming and sort of blind using those machines he had the advantage. Where, where do you see he's actually innocent, though? Because, like, he blatantly like, did cheat. And I'm well, not he saying he doesn't... definitely did, yeah. Like, was, so we're on the same page. Like, he deserves his million for the audacity, but, you know, it, he cheated.
3: It's like Taskmaster. And Taskmaster, the best contestants in Taskmaster are the ones that sort of you know think outside the box like richard osmond moving the yoga mat down the hill yeah so yeah that sort of thing like if you can do that and get away with it well you know what i mean get you know if you can do that and get out alive you deserve the million um i'm with you
0: that's a good analogy i like it can we get one can we look i I think it's in play i'll tweet him i'll tweet him as soon as we're done i'll tweet him right i'll tweet him on the pod account as well
3: we should invite him to hospitality and a day at hospitality with major charles ingram
0: Right, I mean, he can pay that. for it. Um, <laughs> well, he can at the moment, can he? He's not got I, his mouth. I suppose. <laughs> right. Last question, David. This is going to round us off. Do you think maths was discovered or invented?
3: I mean, I'm I'm intrigued to find out where the fuck this question came from. Well,
0: either... I, I don't want to sort of go too far into my, my West End credential. I don't live in the West End. I've never lived in the West End uh, after my fruit answer, but I was watching a BBC4 documentary <laughs> with hannah fry and the whole concept was as, as maths discovered or invented and i, I was interested and i thought this would be a good one to round off uh, draw, draw i know all we'll of listeners will be interested in this
3: I, I i think for me i mean obviously like the it all goes back to like mesopotamia and egypt so mesopotamia was a far more advanced more cerebral form of mathematics egyptian was a bit less sort of um, involved, I think. I think for me, you have to say that sort of the the general concept of of numbers and counting and stuff like that is definitely something that, that we have invented. Whereas when you get to sort of Archimedes and Greece and stuff like that, a lot of that the, the stuff of that that's in the general world, like you know, sort of um, like trigonometry and things like that. That a lot of that is that's learned behavior. So I think it's a mixture of the two, to be honest. But I think the sort of the general rudimentary counting, adding, taking away sort of stuff was invented by us, but it was then moulded into a greater science with the application of stuff like trigonometry and things like that in there.
0: Thanks for giving like, a really serious answer. I'm was not. i sure I was not the only one who's not expecting me um, to give a serious answer. So, so thank you, David. I hope that, is, that has stirred some thoughts in the listener's mind. If you have made it this far, until our season preview, thank you. We will be back next week to preview our home game and the League Cup against Falkirk and look back on the, the trip to Peterhead and the trip to Tannadice. In the meantime, stay safe. Make sure you buy a season ticket. Follow us on Instagram and also come along to our quiz on Monday, the, the 17th of July. It is at the Three Cross. It is in aid of Jags for Good's season ticket foundation. It kicks off at 8pm. I've written the questions. I'll be reading the questions. David Forrest will be, be hosting the evening. So make sure you come along to that. Uh, teams max at six and it's £5 pounds ahead. So we look forward to seeing a lot of you there. And in the meantime, stay safe and you'll hear from us next week.